The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Hey guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au, you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only $59.95 a month. There's no contracts. There's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now, and let's get into the podcast. Tonight, the inexplicable error that cost the Kiwis in the league test. Ryan Girdler is in. Tim Cahill's wonder goal, and that Michael Clark 60 Minutes interview. Should he be applauded for calling it the way he sees it? Welcome to the Rush Oh, the hour. co-host is happy. Hello, Gerds. Hey, Dan. How you doing? How you done? The four-day colon cleanse <laughs> is complete. <laughs> well, come on, let's get straight oh, to business. Oh, yeah, Dan. It's, uh, yeah, four days are over. Got a little bit cranky at the back end of, uh, sorry, so let me four excuse days, the pun. I, got, I didn't eat for four days. Got a little bit cranky last night. Uh, finished it off with some sort of ridiculous salt flush. And uh, woke up this morning, Dan, and... Oh, yeah, she's sparkling. <laughs> she is crisp. I can, I'm searching. I'm searching, Dan. I can't find So how thing. did you get through? Because we spoke on Saturday. So what? That was day two. <laughs> early day two. Yeah. No, day three. Yeah. Okay. How did... Not good to do it over a week. Is it... E- it was bad, no, poor timing. Dumb question. Is it easier to not... It's not eating for four days. Yeah. Does it get easier or does it get harder? Oh, it just gets different. Depends, you know, It's you have your moments through each part of the day, especially when you're around food and I've got kids and I, I couldn't put them on. Although it was cost-effective, cost Dan. I didn't spend much money on the last four days. But, uh, you know, so There'd I was be trying someone to, in the eastern suburbs that has put their kid on a four-day <laughs> I was trying to um, not cook and not prepare food as much, you know, yeah. with the kids. So I was buying them things. And, yeah, I've got, I got to tell you, Friday night got difficult. I took them to the... The burrito shop at Dui there, and they're sitting there with you know a, a chicken burrito <laughs> with guacamole and sour cream just pouring out of their mouth, and I, I almost knocked one of them over to get to it, but I but I re, I restrain I refrained myself, Dan, and uh, I ended up okay. Uh, How much weight do you reckon today. you lost? I don't know. I didn't really. This wasn't weigh about myself. weight loss. I understand. No. It was about cleanse. Yeah, but you're always pretty bloated because you drink this solution and then there's a, you got to drink a lot of water. And I know you're going to do this, Dan. Yes. I'm really proud of you. I think it's really well, I good. I haven't done it yet, Gertz. You know, there's a lot of things seat. I make cleans to let's, do. Let's just call it the spring clean. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'm feeling okay. It was something my wife, you know, put on the table a few weeks ago and she I went through it with too. it, Dan. And she did it as well. And, um, yeah, and this morning, big breakfast. It was beautiful. Now, had your Loved stomach it. shrunk? Yeah, yeah, I didn't push it because I knew that, you know, I didn't want to get full too quick. I ate really slow and I ate something that was um, really tasty. But I'll tell you, the heightened taste buds, Dan, I mean, they're fighting to get at anything <laughs> after four days of nothing. They got excited and, gee, they um, they enjoyed the day. I gave them a few little treats. <laughs> well, very there. good. But you're happy now? No, oh, I'm happy. And I feel pretty good, like a lot yeah. of, cl- you know, feel pretty clear in the head and stuff like that, so... It's uh, well worked done. on a, a number of fronts, Well Dan. done. This is the Rush Hour. Oh, new sponsor this week, Sportsbet. Hello, Sportsbet. Nice to have you back on board. And their new racing form with animated speed maps and expert tips from Best Bets. Uh, they're very good, those uh, expert tips and Best Bets, because, A, they yeah. know what they're talking about, but very good descriptions as well. But please, gamble responsibly. Kind of defeats the purpose, though, Dan, doesn't it? When they're trying to get you to bet and giving you the best horse in the race to bet on. I hear what you're saying. But I, that, I, that's just how generous these guys are. Well, they they want to lose money. <laughs> they figure. <laughs> this is quite counterproductive. 
But okay. they figure, uh, I think, the more you play, the better. Yeah. This is the Welcome Rush Hour board Triple anyway, M. Guys. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M, this is the Rush Hour and we do it this week for Sportsbet's new racing form with animated speed maps and expert tips from Best Bets. Uh, gamble responsibly. I've seen They're those. They're handy, Dan. I'll uh, tell you what, what. For us mug punters, they are handy. Uh, now, uh, we get to Michael Clark's 60 Minutes interview. Mm. Now, Michael has been a topic of discussion on this show before, but I'm going to say this. I think he's going to be an excellent commentator. Great you know, analyst. You know when some people, uh, they mightn't have been loved as a player, but then they go on... Like Bill Laurie was yep. the corpse with pads, but then found a whole new <laughs> life. No, that was his nickname, the corpse <laughs> yeah, with pads. Yeah, yeah. And then a whole new mm. world once he goes in. I think Michael Clark is going to be a revelation, even though you know people. some people don't warm to him. Mm. I bet he's going to be a star. Do you think he's going to be able to drop the bombs? Do you think, you know, I mean, you saw in the interview, in yeah. the 60 Minutes interview, which we'll, we'll play a little bit of and discuss, um, you know, he's willing to speak openly about issues that he had within the game. So you yes. would think, you know, he will take that with him into the commentary I have box? a theory. Players who are smashed by the media are happy to do the smashing when they get to the media. Braith and Asta, case in point, he doesn't care. He, yeah. he was he was hammered from pillar to post all True. career. Now he's on Fox. He's great because yeah. he just says it the way... He does. He's not out there to belt people, but he no. just says what he thinks because I reckon he thinks, well, I cop this for 15 years, so cop a bit of medicine. Do you like Warney as a commentator? Uh, yes, until he becomes self-indulgent. Yeah. As an analyst, he is... He's great, the best. isn't he? Yeah. But when it becomes all about, you know, are you thirsty and he gets... You know, when it mm. becomes all about Warney... You like him? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. I like listening to him. And I think Clark is going to be the same. Because he's exactly like that, isn't he? He's just happy to throw it out there. Sometimes I think he goes a little bit overboard with some of the criticism that he, he carries on about. And sometimes well, I it, think it, he gets a bit personal. Ah, yes. Like John Buchanan. He will look yes. for any excuse. That's right. He'll take any strand to just turn that into a bashing Do you think up Clark will be able to hold back? Or do you think he'll take his opportunities to, you know, I think he's smarter than that. In? No, I think he's smarter than that. Mm. But let's get to this interview last night. Now, I deliberately haven't seen this, Goods, because I wanted to hear it for the first time on the show. And producer Thomas cut this up. Now, you did see a bit of this, didn't you? Oh, yeah, I, I did. I, I recorded the show before it and I ran into this one. <laughs> <laughs> so not on purpose. Glowing endorsement. Okay, this is my, a bit of Michael Clark on 60 Minutes last night. The no Ford Ute... Holden Ute, the no cattle dog, I don't drink VB, tattoos, all of that stuff is not in the mould of what we, the perception is that Australia wants their captain to be. I hated not knowing why people didn't like me or why, why the media perception was, you know, they didn't like me. You know, you're selfish, you don't care about the team, you're an upstart, you know, so that was, that was hard to deal with. My success got me to a stage where my priorities changed and I knew no better. You know, I was partying, I was doing media, I was, I was signing deals with sponsors, and it took me getting dropped from the Australian team to give me that kick up the bump. Were you a good vice-captain to Ricky Ponting? I don't think so. I don't think I was a good vice-captain at all. As soon as I got given the vice-captaincy, I think the perception was I was automatically the next captain. Were you angling for the top job? No. Before we get to that, before we get to that. Mm. As we just do a little rewinding Gee, there. that's good, Dan. Yeah. Technology, huh? <laughs> uh, Why do you think he wasn't liked? He, he's admitted there I wasn't particularly well liked. 
Um, yeah, because it was all the perception was it was all about him. I think the him bingo, first, I, I, team I don't second. think the bingle thing helped him very much. You know, there was a, a lot of a lot of media reported that during that time that he was with uh, Lara, he sort of left the team a little bit, mm. and he was in a put important sort of senior role, and he was leaving functions or wasn't turning up and wasn't giving the team or uh, the the uh, Cricket Australia the respect it deserved and I think he, he lost it a, a little bit through that period of time but I don't know I didn't have a big problem with Michael Class. I, I think that Australian captains of any code need to have I prefer him to have a certain look, so I think he's right to a degree. I think there is an element of I don't I don't necessarily want him to drink VB or you know have a certain haircut, but I like you know I, I like Ponting. You know I liked Alan Border as a I like Cameron Smith as a, as, a, as Stephen Moore's another captain. You mm-hmm. know Yellenax another good captain for the Socceroos. You know I like the Australian captain to sort of have that blokey persona about him to be sure and and that's a bit of a thing that you know about Smith as well he's a little bit of the Clark sort of down that I don't know the I don't know new new generation sort of cricketer but he's a he's a great player but I'm not sure oh Steve Smith I thought you meant Cam Smith no 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 sorry Steve Steve Smith Smith. yeah he sort of heads down that path a little bit as well and I just like to have a bit of a blokey captain as the Australian thing I don't know why all right let's keep going were you angling for the top job not at all no I'm calling bullshit on that no, no one. What, is the, what they used to call him? The candidate. The candidate, did they? Uh, if you become vice captain at a young age, don't tell me that yep. you don't have ambitions to be captain. No. Doesn't mean you're knifing the captain in the back. No. But please don't say you don't have it. Everyone wants to be captain of Australia. Yep. All right, let's keep going. I never dreamt of captaining Australia. I couldn't care less if I captained Australia, Ali, or not. Made no difference. I was really happy with where I was. I had my own goals. Ricky thought you were trying to take his job. I think he feels... That I'll let him down. You were seen as too ambitious and selfish. I think if I perform well, I was happy. If I perform bad, I was shattered. He even came to blows with popular batsman Simon Cattage in a dressing room dust-up about when they should sing the traditional team song. Did you throw a tantrum? I think a lot of us were getting wound up. So I think mm. I had every reason to be pissed off. Mm. But I don't think my language was appropriate to Cato. Did Simon grab you by the shirt? Yes. Do you think that Kaddish's anger at you leaving the dressing room was reflected by more than one member of the team? Oh, definitely. It turned out, I found out four days later that, it, that Matthew Hayden was going to retire after that test match. So I think Kados was was pissed off as well. Then... I like that honesty. I like yeah, that so he's, do I. He could have easily said, yeah, no, I had yeah. a personal problem with Kat. No, he's, mm. at least he's saying... Yeah, a few of them had a problem with me. Yep. All right, keep going. You called Shane Watson a cancer on the team. No, I didn't say that. I said that there is a number of players or a group in this team at the moment that are like a tumour. And if we don't fix it, it's going to turn into a cancer. Well, I don't understand the difference. I don't a tumour, a cancer, OK. Was Shane Watson one of those players you were talking about? Shane was one of those players, yes. Do you think your players liked you when you were captain? I don't think I can answer that. You've got to have some idea. I, I know they respected me as their captain. I know they th- believed in the calls I made and they knew that I would put that team in front of any personal relationship. Do you think respect is more important than Definitely. liking? I would love both, but I care about one. That's probably fair enough too. Yep. Captain doesn't have to be liked. No, and you know what? It's not entirely his fault, Dan, because you talk about the age in which he was given the vice-captaincy and maybe that's... 
the fault of the people that handed him that responsibility because I remember being at a young age and, and I was so, certainly, you know, I could have never been captain of my country. I was never the personality to be and, and there's certain people in, in the in the makeup and that, you know, there's leaders and there's at that level and there's leaders at club level and it takes all, I get different types, Dan, you know, you know horses for courses, but who gave him that responsibility at a young age if... He, by his own admission, he wasn't ready for it. Someone should have acknowledged that. I like that. I like that interview. Yeah, it's good. And she did well. Good who, questions. Who, 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 Ali Langdon. Yeah, it was really good. Well, now, there was another 18 minutes, apparently. Now, it might have been rubbish. I don't yep. know. But going by that, that's a great interview. And I thought he handled it pretty well. Yep. All right. This is the rush hour. It's all happy families here. Triple M. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from Ovo Mobile. So if you switch to Ovo Data Sim, you're going to get 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new Sim. And get this just for you for listening right now. Ovo will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So there's no contract and OVO will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their More for Fans promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at ilovedata.com.au. 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G and then half price for the first month. I love data.com.au. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, yes, indeed. A sports update coming up right after this, and we will talk about the test match. Uh, the uh, the Kiwis, awful error, but um, uh, we'll talk about that. And how do you look, Jason? How do you not recognise that Jason Tamalolo is not on the field for half an hour? Yeah, it's incredible. I know it's his, his first job, but... Um Gee, he got it wrong, didn't he? Uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. By the way, there's a reason why, if you want to know, why do they play one-off test matches in October with nothing really at stake? 831,000 people watched it on television uh-huh. in, in the three main cities, so that doesn't even count regionals. And, uh, and a full house over there in Perth. Yeah. So, they, so that's, that's why. why they play one-off <laughs> tests uh, in the middle of October. Let's do this. Now on the Rush Hour. Oh! When commentators lose their sh- Charlie and Tompkins left. Brady throws it to the end zone for Kenbrell Tompkins. Leaping. He's down. He's Kenbrell Tompkins. Brady's back. That's your quarterback. Who left the building? Unicorns. Show ponies. Where's the beef? The Rush Hour. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Sports update. 4-0 seems to be the score of choice in the A-League. It happened twice this weekend and it's happened three times in the first fortnight. Sydney FC has back-to-back 4-0 wins. So they're flying, but I most... think the Jets won by four as well against, against the Brisbane, Brisbane Raw, Raw, which was a surprise. Did you see the Cahill goal? How good was it? I mean, that that's why they brought him back. And I'll tell you what, Ange, after watching the Socceroos, I know that he's su- he's such a marksman when he comes on late and he's got us out of trouble so many times. But gee, he's playing well. You've got to start thinking about using him a little bit more for the Socceroos, don't we? He's not getting a lot of time. He played against Saudi Arabia six minutes. Yeah. Now, that was in extreme heat. Yeah. Where they were in front for that second half. So why do you bring on... 
Yeah, a guy you when you're you bring in on front, a you bring on a defender. defender. Yeah, but then against Japan, we needed to 69 score. Sixty-nine minutes. Here, I though. know, I know. Yeah, and he's yeah. That was just a remarkable goal. Do I mean, we saw that one he scored in the World Cup. He's just got this innate ability, just uh, to get that moment right. Would he have known the moment it came off the boot that that was going in? He wouldn't. He would have known that he couldn't have hit that any better. That was flush, and that would have been a great feeling. Imagine. Um, but then, obviously, I think even he would have been surprised to 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 mathematically try and work out how he hits that ball and where he's got to go. Do you think it was absolutely deliberate? He was going to hit the top corner, but do you think it was deliberate the way he? That's all it? instinct, Dan. I was going to say, is, but when he's kicking it, does he know it's going to go? Down the middle and then swerve. He 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 would just want, you know know that he needs to hit the ball in a certain spot to try and get it at the goals. And in that situation, it's just all I guess all the years of training and all the years on the field and just natural instincts. And some players have that, it's and like some players FIFA. don't. It's like me in FIFA. I wouldn't even do that in FIFA, Dan. Meets on the biggest match of the Premier League this weekend it hasn't happened yet. It happens tomorrow morning when Liverpool hosts Man U. What about Arsenal? Oh, They're two on top with feeders. Man City. <laughs> now you're talking. Man City. Six in a row for the Gunners. Let a couple of points slip. So they're now top, tied with oh, Arsenal. Yeah. Liverpool can join All the pair. All the air's gone out of their ties. How's Leicester City doing? Well, they're, they're two points away from the relegation zone. It's all about the Champions League for, for Leicester this year, Dan, apparently. Well, that's what they're saying at the moment. But they have had a tough start to the season. They've they've played the top four sides, uh, you know, to, to start off. So it, it is uh, rare that a defending champion is out of the running this early. You can't put all the focus, though. I mean, how disappointing is that for their fans? You know, it might be their only shot at Champions League, but isn't that somewhere you'd want to get, you know, once you establish yourself at the top of the league, it's something yeah. you'd want to maintain. Jamaica's odds for the Melbourne Cup have not changed after being handed a 1.5 kilo penalty for winning the Caulfield Cup. It was always going to be punished. Yep. That means the four-year-old mayor will have to carry 53.5. The Caulf- Still not a lot, though, is it? No, really? the Caulfield Mel- Melbourne Cup double hasn't been done in 15 years. Yeah. So there we go. Ethereal was the last to do he it. He looked good, didn't he? Is it a male? A mare. That's a mare, yeah. yeah. She looked great, didn't she? And Sean Marsh's check and test career is in danger of suffering another blow. His torn hamstring during the Matador Cup puts him in severe doubt for the first test against South Africa. It's only in 17 days. How the hell is he going to... Re- he's 33. Torn hamstring. There's no way he's coming back. No chance. Uh, he may... And he's important. He made a century in, in yep. his last test against Sri Lanka a couple of months ago. We need a runner. That is a sports update. Uh, and we do those for Tyres and More. Can we find out who the Tyres and More people are? Tyres and More. Bring us our sports update. Well, that's the question. What else have they got, the tyres people? I don't know. Tyres and more. That's what it says here. Okay. This is the Rush Hour Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M. It is the Rush Hour. Goods and Dan here on a Monday night. Now, forgive me, Goods. You're going to have to be, you're going to have to drag us through this segment because uh, on Saturday... Yep. I watched about the first 40, 45 minutes and then discovered Point Break was on one of the movie channels. Oh, so that well, was the end of me. Classic. For, <laughs> that's the end of me. And it was actually, it was a contest at halftime, wasn't it? The, the test. And look, um, I, I think the Australian forward pack were really impressive. You know, a couple of debutants mm. out there and a couple of guys that haven't been playing a lot of test football lately in uh, Trent Merrin and obviously Shannon Boyd, Canberra Raiders prop, great. was really good. Like, you know, you could tell he was a little bit nervous, but 
Uh, a guy at the start of the year who there was no way was he going to be playing in this test match um, and had his two, best foot forward. And had two stints because I, I thought, oh, they might give him 20 minutes, do your best, and then no. that's the end of you. But he was on again. Yeah, he uh, he really showed that, uh, you know, he's got some miles in the legs. And uh, and I thought Trent Merrin and his ability to offload, offload just created that second phase. Tyson Frizzell too came on and in the second on. half. And, gee, I tell you what, he's, he's not going anywhere from the rep scene. And, look, I, I think, you know... The, the, the Aussies, they they can win comfortably against, you know, a, a side when, you know, New Zealand shot themselves in the foot. Their, their back end of their sets were poor. Um, you know, they look dangerous with the football, but they they just couldn't match. You can't beat the Australian side if you don't put pressure on. If you don't get to the end of your sets, put a good kick in and then build some pressure. Australians aren't going to fall over in front of you. you need, they need to be beaten. And when Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk get a sniff and you're not getting... You know, you're not executing your plays at the back end of your set. Well, Australia go on and win comfortably as they did. So the Kiwis didn't really challenge them in that second phase. The Australians need to be rattled. It's kind of like, and it's not like, it's a little bit like playing the Melbourne Storm. You know, if, if they get in the lead, they just close out the game. I don't think it brings the best out of the Australian side when they play that way because you don't see a lot of the individual brilliance and no. the players in which they possess. We didn't see a lot of Boyd and Inglis was, was good. Valentine's Holmes was good, but didn't see a lot of Dugan or, or Ferguson. Those guys didn't really weren't brought into the contest at all. It was a it was a game that we sort of went through the motions in that second half. It wasn't the most exciting test match. No, then, it was but, obvious. Even when the Kiwi yeah. scored just before half time, it was yeah. pretty obvious Australia was going to. I win like this game. when Australia sort of gets put under a little bit more pressure, pressure and we need to play a, a different style of footy to to get the win because then you see the thir- see Thurston, you know he he was. Solid, Solid, but you didn't need to be Jonathan Thurston. So, um, but anyway, a good win and a good start to the campaign. And it very, you touched on a very impressive forward performance because they not only did they break even with the Kiwis, they monstered them. Yeah, they did, and they'd be disappointed too, the Kiwis, because you know David Kibwell, you know he was a, he was a great Test uh, footballer for the Kiwis, and you know a lot of fire in the belly, and they were a little bit subdued. You know there wasn't uh, there was it was a tough first sort of 10 minutes but it didn't it didn't last long and that, I think that comes down to probably the fitness like obviously Hargreaves and Bromwich was fit but they just had a couple of players there that probably didn't didn't have the energy to to go on with it coming because it's all about line speed in those games and when you're fit and you can get off the line quickly you know that's when the that's where the aggression is but they didn't have enough energy in the legs to do it for too long and the Australians just sort of got, went on with the job yeah uh, the error not to have Taumalolo on yeah, uh, I, we touched on it before. Not necessarily. Well, it, David Kidwell wears it because he's the coach. Sure, but normally there are staff members, aren't there? Who you were telling me off here when we do Tigers games, it's actually David Kidwell as the assistant yeah. who's jotting down who's on, who's off in the minutes and those sorts of things. Coach has got a lot going on, so you usually have you know the, the assistant coach sitting next to you and he's marking down because don't forget you got I think is it. 10 is it the is it eight still it's international there so it's hard to keep you know a handle on what's going on so they usually have someone sitting next to him marking down okay he's been off he's off he's off with you seven we've got two more three more whatever it is so um, probably I think um, uh, Justin Morgan's the assistant coach so the ex Parramatta player mm-hmm. So, look, they'll get it right in the next game, but you can't have that guy off the field. You know, he, he can play probably 60 minutes minimum, um, and when he's on there, he, he makes a big difference. if you really wanted to. Maybe not in a test match, but yep. it, they did miss him. Anyway, Kangaroos, well done to them. Uh, so now they're off to the UK. Uh, I think Scotland's their first opponent in the It's going to be interesting, is it? You see, you know, a couple of players, like Jake Friend goes on tour, been waiting for the opportunity his whole life. Cameron Smith's just been his nemesis, always been the first number nine 
picked. And you wonder, Cameron Smith, not that he's about records, but, you know, he's up to about 46 test matches. Is he going to want to give them up? Is he going to go hand one over with a couple of games left in the season? I don't. I get the feeling Jake Friend mightn't get a start. And it, if they're playing Scotland first, wouldn't you think Mal would want to get the team yeah. unified, play com- get the combinations working? It'll be interesting to see what he does. But I oh, don't forget Woods comes back, Mans- Mansell comes Mansell's back. Straight in I think he'll Ferguson. come in for Ferguson. But Valentine Holmes, I mean, he, he was great. And he's um, and his combination with Greg Inglis will only get better. This is the Rush Hour on Triple M. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Sports Update. Uh, Yes, indeed. This is for tyres and more. Hawthorne's self-imposed demolition continues with Jordan Lewis, another one of their uh, veterans, requesting a trade to the Melbourne Demons. Uh, The West Indian leggy Bishu... Uh, Devendra Bishu took 8 for 49 in the pink ball wow. test against Pakistan in Dubai. That's impressive. Now, the pink ball itself has passed all the tests there because the bat- batsmen have been flying. Yeah. Uh, we had a collapse there, but it had nothing to do with the pink ball. No. Uh, the crowds. No good? If there were 10 people there, I'd be it's surprised. It's always the same over there, Dan. Why do they keep taking the games back over there? Is it for well, safety reasons? because Pakistan don't have a home. Yeah. They can't play at home. Okay, all right. So, you know, they've got the pink mm. ball late at night, not not as hot, yeah. and uh, no one's there to watch. Oh, well. Hey, um, <laughs> do you watch any of the NBL, Dan? Obviously, the National Basketball League's back on. A little bit. A little bit of it. We had Andrew Gaze on the Saturday show yeah. this week, and, gee, he's a great great guy to chat chat to. Probably the happiest guy that I've ever spoken to on radio. Um, we asked him a couple of questions, and Dan, I fell for the old one. I came up with an absolute shocker. I don't follow the basketball, obviously, and I've asked Andrew Gaze in my first question, now that you're coaching the Kings... How are you going to go? You've been, you're the heart and soul, you and your dad, of the Melbourne Tigers back in the day. How are you going to go when you come up against them? Surely it's going to be hard. And he just answered me with, well, Gerds, it's a, uh, Melbourne, Melbourne Tigers aren't actually in the, <laughs> in the league anymore. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah, but I thought, I know there's no such team called the Melbourne Tigers, but they became Melbourne United. There's a side folding every week though, isn't there, with the NBL? I mean, luckily we got Andrew Gaze on last week because the Kings will be gone next week. No, they're, uh, no, no, uh, no, uh, they're, that competition is doing some very good things. What, number-wise TV or just uh, crowds at the games? Not so much TV. They're not particularly good, but the numbers at the games. Yeah. But they're the highest. Um, uh, last week, the opening round, yep. had the highest average attendance in 37 years. Is it a little bit like the A-League where it's all about the imports? Are they getting the big-name players from overseas? Not necessarily. I think it's more to do with now the Australian players are quite recognisable. So Sydney's got uh, Kevin Lish, uh, there's Cameron Bairstow. There's a lot of players mm. now through the Boomers. And, 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 yes, there are imports, but it's not, you know, they're not... Michael Jordan's not playing in this league. We, we were talking to Gazy about uh, Ben... Simmons, Simmons, who's obviously the number one draft pick over there in the US, and the club that he got drafted by after the injury have actually asked him to stand down for the, for the year, year for the injury. Yeah. Gee, that's not good for a kid his age. Yeah, they're an odd club, the Philadelphia 76ers. They have for years basically tanked to try and get high draft picks. Well, what's You the would year? think the era would have started now. Now they've yeah. got Simmons and he's hurt himself. Did they get anyone else? How's the system work over there? So they get the first pick, and then what is it? Well, no, it's a lot. It's a lottery. A lottery balls are put into a pot, and if you come last, you get more balls. 
and obviously your chances of getting the number one pick are better. Okay. But they've got all these young kids. We've got to take a break here, Gerds. Yep. Uh, oh, the other news, Greg Eastwood has signed for two more years at Canterbury. Had a great year. So he did, didn't he? Didn't it he, takes yeah. him from 29 to Is he on the, he's on the Kiwi side because he didn't play on the weekend? I don't know. He has to be. Well, he wasn't in the side. He was He was Canterbury shining light at the end of the season. Music's run out, so let's take a song. That was a sports update for tyres and more. This is the Rush Hour. Wrap it up after this. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly. Triple M Rush Hour. I'm just showing Gerds a picture. The Chicago Cubs, right, the 108 years haven't won anything. Cursed team. They're playing a very big playoff series and Wrigley Field, one of the oldest venues, it's nestled in this suburban area. And I've just shown you a picture of surrounding uh, apartment blocks uh, that look into the stadium. There's rooftop seating. It's it's incredible, Dan. You know what? Like, I always think about that when we go to Leichhardt Oval. Let's take it out there. Go to some of the local... Oh, are they going to play? I mean, how many games are they playing at Leichhardt next year first? Probably four. Because you could do it there. It's the same sort of setup, isn't it? On some of the apartments at Leichhardt, you always see, you know, the people get out and have a barbecue on the yeah, deck but and you watch can, the game. Okay, let's make money off it. That's a, that's a genius idea. This is proper stadium seating stuck on the roof. It looks like Lego. Uh, the state government wouldn't allow that. <laughs> they, they love their apartments, though, the state government. Oh, yeah, they'd rubber stamp those. <laughs> Just got to pay a bit of stamp duty. They'll give you anything. <laughs> All right, we're done. We've successfully filled that 45 seconds where we had nothing to talk about. Mm. I will see you again next week, Gertz. Yeah, see you, Dan. Uh, this has been the Rush Hour. Ugly Phil next. The Triple M Rush Hour podcast brought to you by Sportsbet's new racing form. With animated speed maps, runner comments and expert tips, courtesy of Best Bets. Gamble responsibly.